Welcome to the most listened to golf in the world, the Fairways of Life show, on air, online, and around the world, with the most candid interviews. Don't let anybody get in your way, follow your dream. Do it the right way, be honest about it, do the right thing when nobody's looking. That's the greatest advice I can give you. Taking you beyond the ropes. The most exciting part about a golf game is the ball curved. Now we live in a world where there's no curve, it's pull or push and bombs away. I believe the complete player of the future is going to know both art and data. Unforgettable stories. Fluff would call me after a practice round and he would say to me, Peter, this kid Tiger Woods hits shots like I've never seen. This kid is unbelievable. And then Tiger would call like 20 minutes later and say, Peter, you won't believe this. I registered and they gave me a free car to drive. A bridge to the past. Years and years from now, Mr. Palmer, what do you want the legacy of Arnold Palmer to be? Well, uh, I suppose it's just that I have made a contribution to the game to help make it a little better. Here's your host, New York Times best-selling author and Golf Channel's Matt Adams. Welcome to the end of the week, a Friday, as it were. Not at the end of the week for me, because i got to still work this weekend, morning drive on Saturday and on Sunday at 9 a.m. if you want to catch me on Golf Channel. But the coverage of the Waste Management, the Waste Management, the Rocket Mortgage Classic, not sure why I went to the Waste Management, the Rocket Mortgage Classic is underway right now on PGA Tour Live. So this leaderboard update is brought to you by the Streamsong Resort, streamsongresort.com. Seamus Power has joined the group atop the leaderboard at seven under par. He's two under through three this morning. Now, he's on there with two others that had their share of first place from yesterday. I'll explain in a second here. Doc Redman, who will tee off at 12-10 at seven under. And Scott Stallings at seven under, who will tee off at one ten. All the times I give you are Eastern time. It had been a triumphant at seven under par, but Kevin Kister has bogeyed his first hole of the day. So let's jump back in time to yesterday evening after the conclusion of round one and hear what the mindsets are of some of these players. Now, I'm going to start here with Kevin Kistner only because Kevin is on the golf course right now. And as you just heard, he bogeyed his first hole of the day. Here's Kiss on what was a very solid opening round with a 65. Yeah, I was solid. You know, I struck it awesome all day hitting all my lines, hitting the shot shapes I wanted to hit. And finally, I've uh, been struggling with the putter and finally got it going there on the back nine. Um, made a made a bunch in the six, eight-foot range and then made made a nice one on seven from about 15 feet. So uh, really good way to finish with nice par putt on the last hole and, and ready to get, get back after it in the morning. You said that you put in some you know, big work on your long game earlier this week. Was, uh, was it with uh, John Tiller, you guys out there kind of working on it? Yeah, I brought JT in this week uh, just – wasn't feeling like I was, you know, even the good shots didn't feel correct. So, you know, something's a little off. And uh, we just kind of looked back at some old old footage that we had and, and tried to mirror that and see what the difference was and uh, worked hard the last two days on, on getting it dialed back in. And, you know, I feel comfortable. At least I know what shots producing what and, and for what reason. So that's a good way to be out there. You said your, the putter got hot a little bit. Was it anything? Was it line speed, something that just kind of changed from the um, no, I, I just uh, I'm kind of trying to be a little more exterior, you know, and, and just trying to see the ball going in like I'm shooting a free throw or something, and, and it started paying off there coming in. How would you kind of describe how you've played since the the break ended, coming back here these first few weeks? It was funny that you know Colonial felt like I played better than I expected, didn't get much out of it, and then the first two days at, at Harvard Town, I would, same kind of stuff, and then last week I felt terrible, so I was like regressing as as it went on, and I didn't like the way that looked, so I brought. JT up to, to help me out, and, and uh, hopefully we iron those things out, and I keep rolling this week. 
you've always been, I mean, you're obviously known as a great ball striker. Does this golf course kind of fit your eye, kind of set up the, the tree line, kind of old style golf course? I love it. I wish we played course like this all the time, you know, uh, big rough and, and uh, you got to got to work it around the, the dog legs and play, you can play conservative or you can go for it and, and uh, they, they give you birdie opportunities. We don't get to play par 72s much, so it's fun to play four par fives. That is awesome. That was Kevin Kistner. Again, he's on the golf course right now playing his second hole of the day. Started with a bogey this morning to drop to six under par. I'm really I'm enjoying this leaderboard because when you look through the the people at the top of the leaderboard, uh, to Dom's credit, many of them have been with us many times on the air. Uh, yeah, Dom's in the back row going, my credit. Yeah, most recently, if you remember, when we were at the Honda Classic, we were down there broadcasting live, and Doc Redman joined us. And Doc Redman, I don't know what it is. Maybe it's because his name is Doc Redman, and somehow we all have this image that when you hear Doc Redman, he's the guy that runs the you know, the local pharmacy in town, and he's he's older. Doc Redman's still a young guy, and he's got a ton of potential, and I love his mindset. That mindset is, I don't need to rush. My, you know, He's 22 years old. I don't need to rush. It'll all come around when it's meant to come around. Here's Doc Redman after he shot seven under par addressing the media in the flash. You know, to be where I am, especially the way I've done it, is incredible. So I think I've, you know, in some ways overachieved, and I don't think I've played as well as I could this year, but... You know, I'm very fortunate to be out here. I think it's where I belong, and especially with all this pandemic stuff. You know, I'm, I'm fortunate to be out here and, and have another year next year, and it could be a lot worse. Do you like being somewhat overlooked, or do you feel overlooked even? Yeah, I think a little bit, but I think those guys also, you know, Scotty included, I think a lot of people don't talk about Scotty either, and and they deserve everything they get. You know, they've played great. They've they've won, and, and I don't mind it. I think, you know, i got to play well myself, and – and get towards the top of the leaderboard to, you know, deserve more talk. Yeah, and you, you were a prolific winner as a junior and an amateur. When, when was the most prolific time of your, of your golfing career? Man, I don't know. I feel like I never, I, you know, I won a lot, but not too much because I was always trying to kind of play up. You know, in, in junior golf, once I committed to Clemson, I started playing the best amateur events I could play whether that was in the state or across the country, just because I wanted to play against good college players. And, you know, we played a great schedule at Clemson, and I was playing the top amateur events. So playing guys like Scotty and Colin, and, you know, I was nowhere near as good as them back in the day. So, you know, I think I was all just building on, on good finishes, kind of like I have here, and, and getting wins when I could. you talking Scheffler? Is that the Yeah, you're yeah, okay. Scheffler. I mean, you know, those guys back when I was a freshman and they were juniors or senior, however old they are, you know, they were cream of the crop and, and still are, obviously. But, you know, I was still getting a lot better and I, I think I still am. So, you know, I don't think I'm on necessarily the same timeline as those guys. Yeah. And you're only still, how old are you now? 22. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy. That's pretty crazy. young. Yeah. Do you feel like, do you feel young? You know, I guess in a lot of ways, yeah. And, and that's how I look at it. I'm you know, there's guys who play well in their mid-30s out here, so there's no rush for me to win or to kind of mature as a player. But, um, and I guess it helps, too. I feel kind of old because I've played a lot of events out here, you know, for a 22-year-old who this is their first year. So I've got a lot of experience, and I feel very comfortable around the guys and, and around the courses and just navigating my way around PGA Tour. We got a couple from people on the line here. 
Um, so, Doc, could you talk a little bit about the positive memories um, coming back here and how different it was preparing for this week, you know, you know that you knew you were in the field compared right. to last year? Yeah, I think it was a lot different. Uh, I was talking to some of my friends about it. You know, I've come off two good finishes, which and and a really good finish last year at this event, which has never really happened to me. So I've never had this this kind of expectation externally or, you know, even internally if I let it. So just trying to make it the same as every other week. You know, I think I feel very comfortable because I've played well here and been here. And so it just comes down to playing golf and doing the best I can. All right. I think we're all set. Awesome. Thanks, sir. Thank you. Doc Redmond, seven under par, 65 in round one. Again, he'll tee off at 12-10 this morning. Uh, Kevin Kister, I can report birdie to second hole of the day. So Kiss is back amongst the leaders at seven under par atop the leaderboard, one over par to start, and then a birdie at the par four second. They're both par fours uh, to bring him back to level par on today's efforts, but more importantly for him is seven under par overall and atop that leaderboard. Another who shot seven under par in round one was Scott Stallings. So here's Scott from the flash area reacting to that opening round and finding something that works for him. That was nice. Uh... I felt good when I was out there. Um, very comfortable on Donald Ross, and um, you know, I, it'll be interesting to see how the course changes over the next few days. Uh, I referenced in the other interview that how firm it was off the tee and how short the golf course played last year. It wasn't playing near as short as it was, but with the forecast and everything that is in, it could could, could get there. Uh, but the greens are still super receptive, and you have a ton of wedges and uh, having a, a lot of opportunities to make birdies. You said you're comfortable in Donald Ross courses. Did you give a lot of um, history with playing well in Donald Ross courses? Yeah, Holston Hills in Knoxville, Tennessee, 1927. Uh, it's awesome. Uh, I probably played most of my golf there at home. Um, I grew up just down the road at Oak Ridge, uh, but uh, I've been able to play there a lot. There's another Donald Ross in Knoxville as well, Cherokee, and you know, just because just the pin's there doesn't mean this. I have to fire at it, and there's a lot of slope and undulation and kind of managing a little bit of expectation, and um, you know, it, a lot of that's very similar here as well. You've obviously played well the, uh, last week, finishing T6. Is this just kind of a continuation of your play from last week, you feel? I guess, but I mean, kind of the sport that we play is, you know, forget what you've done and, you know, look forward to the next. I mean, same thing, like good, bad shots and everything and different. I mean, go out there to, I mean, nice to play well today, but go out and do it again tomorrow. Scott Stallings will be going out to try to do it again today at 1.10 p.m. this afternoon. Now, you remember, part of what Scott Stallings did was he changed who he was. Everything about his life change and maybe we're seeing the fruits of those labors because he got himself in how did how did you phrase it Dom the other day Avenger shape or or you know training for a Marvel, Marvel movie Marvel or, superhero yeah. shape if yeah, you go so, to go to his Instagram anybody listening to this I'm dead serious go to Scott, Scott Stallings Instagram page and there's a picture of him that's kind of uh it's got like a filter. It's almost black and white. And he's holding yeah. what looks like 50-pound dumbbells. And he looks like what Superman looks like in the movies. <laughs> yeah, well, he, he, I asked him when he was on with us most recently, what was it, a week ago, and said, you know, what about getting in shape and, and changing yourself and that path and that commitment? And, you know, well, I don't know. What, what can we learn from it? Here's what he said. You know, stress is good and bad. And, you know, it's not necessarily you hear the word stress, like, oh, man, the guy was freaking out. No, it's like 
you know, exercise is stress, you know, dietary things are stress and, and so on and so forth. So we're basically trying to eliminate as much of that as we possibly could that we had control over. And my mm-hmm. trainer, Adam Curley, Dr. Uh, Kevin Sprouse, and uh, a few other doctors, our supplier from the Golf Channel was, uh, you know, huge at the front end, just trying to be able to point us in the right direction and be able to, you know, ask questions to and so on and so forth. And, you know, trying to be able to, to sort it out. But I had a, a buddy of mine that I went to college with, Rich Groning, is a big CrossFit athlete, and called me and he's like, hey, I started with this diet plan, uh, and I think they can help you. And I'm like, man, you're literally the fittest guy in the world. Like, you, you have that title. You know, why are you on a diet? And he goes, man, they just helped my travel. They helped me, you know, kind of plan what I'm coming for. And so I called this guy to Charlotte and – uh, a company called Renaissance Periodization, and they just started, you know, planning it out and, you know, helping me understand, you know, when I need to eat, you know, how I need to eat according to my day and and so on and so forth. So uh, last January 8th, I was 232 and 26% and I uh, got down into uh, August, September, you know, eight months, eight, nine months later, I was uh, ten and a half percent and one eighty five. Holy cow! Jeez, what what a that's huge. body fat, by the way, that he's talking about, Matt. I don't know, I don't know how much you paid attention to something like body fat, but if like if you talk to an Olympic athlete, they're in usually in the single digit range, and I think he said what he's down to ten point something. Ten is what he just said. That's yeah. that's borderline Olympic level athlete percentage body fat stuff. That's crazy, and that was then. Yeah, he's probably better <laughs> now. <laughs> I hope he gets the role. All right, so again, leaderboard update right now. As of this moment, 8.13 a.m. Eastern Time on Friday morning. Seamus Powers, two under through four. He's seven under overall, and he's amongst the leaders. Kevin Kistner, after his birdie at the second to bring him back to even par in the day, remains seven under and amongst the leaders. Doc Redman, who you heard from, is seven under par tee off at 12.10. And Scott Stallings is 7-under. He'll tee off at 1.10 p.m. this afternoon. All right, from there, those that finished round one, only a shot shy. One of them was our friend Peter Malnati. Now, Peter fired a 6-under par 66. And afterwards, the media brought him into the flash area to say, how'd you do it? Fun. <laughs> no, it was solid. I played, I played pretty well. I hit... Uh hit it well off the tee with the exception of a few holes on my second nine there and uh, I was always in really good position I think uh, I hit uh, you know I had a birdie putt on 16 of the 18 holes I think so that's that's always good putting yourself in positions obviously on a Donald Ross course is very important with how the greens you know, obviously fall off at times is that was that maybe you know driving the ball putting in the right position is that kind of the key to the round today to be able to have 16 birdie putts yeah definitely I mean you got to be you got to be in position in the tee, off the tee here and I actually um, you know one of my, I had a really poor drive on number six, and uh, you know had had a, I, I hit a great second shot up and over some trees, but it could have been disastrous too. And that, that, that's one thing that's great about this course is like if you hit it offline off the tee, you can almost always find it, but you might not like what you find. And uh, and I think I think it's good. It's a huge advantage to be accurate and in position off the tee, and, and I was able to do that for the most part today. Did you feel this this kind of round coming today? Yeah, I've been practicing well. Um, it's been uh, you know. Since since we made our return to golf here, I have not not played particularly well in the competition. But my practice has been feeling really good, and then uh, to execute well on the course and get a good score and all that under my belt, that felt really nice today. But yeah, I did I did 
I felt like this was coming for the last couple of weeks, so it was good to actually see it come to fruition. Is it tough when you when you practice well and you feel like, hey, my game's in good shape, and you, you don't see the results on the golf course, or at least on the scorecard? Is that tough to kind of stay positive? Well, uh, staying positive is not hard for me. I got that, <laughs> but uh, um, <laughs> but no, you do. You certainly have you certainly have doubts. Like I mean, I I, I remember last week um, in uh, Hartford, I practiced beautifully on Wednesday, was really feeling great, and. Um, you know, next thing I know, I mean, I think I, I think I may have beat one person in the field last week. You know, for 36 holes, I was absolutely terrible. And so, so you kind of go home on that flight, and like, wow, if I felt good on Wednesday, and this is the result, maybe I'm not good enough. Um, but then, you know, short memory for a golfer, and you come right back, and uh, and you know, just get back to work. Even Peter Malnati laughed when he was talking about himself about staying positive. He's probably the most positive person I've ever met in my life. We, we have I been think doing he, this show for how long? 13 years? I, I don't uh, think I've wanted anybody to win again more than I want to see Peter Malnati win another PGA Tour event. Well, what's interesting is if you, you, you look at his numbers and strokes gained off the tee, he's ranked 204th. Strokes gained, okay, approach degree, must be hitting his irons. 206th, right? The overall strokes gained, T to green, 209th. His driving distance, and this is for the season, not the tournament. Yeah, Don. So this is his driving distance for the season, 285.8. That's 188th. Driving accuracy, he's ranked 200th. Greens in regulation, let's make up for it. He's ranked 213th. Right? So not only is he hitting it short, he's hitting it crooked. But what he does do is he putts like mad. And that's the part that he talked to us about right here on the Fairways of Life show about how he fixed his putting so it works and it is his savior. This is going to be a very unsatisfying answer for for most people out there who are wanting to putt better themselves. But um, the truthful answer to that is, I I had to stop trying to putt better. I had to stop trying so hard to putt. I mean, I, I think naturally I'm a pretty good putter. And uh, and that's an understatement. I think naturally I'm a very good putter, probably one of the better ones in the world. And when I, when I was going through a kind of a time, you know, there were a couple years in my career, maybe in like the 2000, late 17, all through 18, early 19, where I just wasn't putting that well. And still, I mean, I looked at my stats and I was still statistically better than average on the PGA tour. But you know, that for me, like my putting is to me, what, you know, driving is to Dustin Johnson. Like I, I can't be slightly better than average and still be successful. Like I need to be really, really good. Um, and so, you know, when I, when I felt like I was struggling, my natural inclination is I think so many people's is, is to like dig in and try harder. I got to really, really grind on this. I got to really focus. I got to really, I got to really figure this out. I have to, I have to try harder. And, and I don't know really when something sort of clicked and what, what, what caused it even, but I just, I just sort of noticed that like, Hey, this is, putting is actually quite natural for me. Like I, I, I need to stop trying and just, just let my natural feel kind of take over and, and do its thing. And so it's not an easy thing to do when I'm out there playing because I, I want success so badly and I want, you know, I want to, I want to make all my plus and I want to have these, you know, great, great results and all that. And I, and I know how important it is, you know, when you're standing over four footer to, you know, so important on the PGA tour to make those putts, you know, and, 
Um, so I want them to go in really badly, but the more I can kind of get out of that way of thinking and just, just think about just be relaxed, be effortless, let my natural, my natural ability kind of flow out on the greens. Um, I have a lot more success when I do that. And so that, that's where I've been, you know, obviously having, having Hatcher, um, that's my son's name, by the way. I don't know if people know that, but having, having Hatcher has been, um, a really cool thing for me because it, it is an instant, instant dose of perspective. Um, and, uh, it has been, it's been, you know, in, in one way, very motivating for me to, to make sure that I keep my golf game sharp. So I'm able to, to show him you know, what his dad can do and mm-hmm. have the kind of long and successful career that I want to have, you know, for myself, for my family, for him and have him see me do that. But it's also been very freeing in the sense that like, I know that, you know, at, at when we were on the West coast, he was two or three, four months old, two or three months old. He, he doesn't know the difference. He just wants me to come over and give him a hug when I'm done. Like, that's it. That's all. And, yeah. uh, and, and that's really, that's really cool to, to think about that. Like he could care less if I make the four footer, he just wants me to come give him a hug. And, um, and so, so that, that was, that was a freeing thought. And, and I think, you know, when you see those putting stats looking pretty good this year, I think that that sense of kind of freedom enables me to be the putter that I want to be. Peter Malnati from the Fairways of Life show when he joined us. So that freedom, I think, works its way backwards through the game. And what I mean by that is if you look at, I'm talking about from putter to driver, but if you look at what he did with the driver in round one, it's in his DNA. He is who he is. He hit it exactly to his average, 285 yards. But with the freedom of the flat stick in hand, when you have that confidence that you're going to make what you need to at least for par and have plenty of birdie opportunities, you're going to make a bunch of those too. His greens and regulation percentage yesterday, 90%. Now, it's a short golf course, so we could, it's, it's going to, he's going to be coming in with higher lofted clubs. I get it. Driving accuracy percentage, 71.43%. So both of those worlds beyond where he has been. So hopefully it's a good sign for Peter Malnati's case, and he'll be teeing off at 110 p.m. this afternoon, starting the day at six under par. Six under par currently is one shot back. All right, there are some really big names that I haven't told you about yet, some of whom are lurking. What will it mean? We'll tell you about it in just a second. BenHoganGolf.com. Log on. See it. Understand why. One, I know you guys would love to play clubs that have the Ben Hogan name etched in the metal. Everybody that loves a game would love that. I know that. Two, though, is that you want to make sure you're getting all of the cutting-edge technology. It's there. Three, you want it to be beautiful. You want your competitors, your buddies, to walk up to your golf bag and go, whoa, where'd you get this? Where'd you get this? Well, I'll tell you where. It's BenHoganGolf.com. Trade in your current set of clubs if you want to. Finance clubs you want to buy if you want to. Save 40%, 50% retail markup because there is no middleman. I know you want to. It's all available to you at BenHoganGolf.com. BridgestoneGolf.com is where you can make sure you're playing the right golf ball for your game. The vast majority do not. They'll play any golf ball that they find under a bush someplace and go, Oh, look, it's new. You don't know if it's right for you. You wouldn't. I, it amazes me because if you found a driver under a bush, you wouldn't be like, Hey, it's a driver. I'm going to play it. Make sure that the golf ball is right for you. BridgestoneGolf.com. All right, when we come back, we're going to talk more about some huge names at the Rocket Mortgage Classic as play is underway as we speak. Stay with us more of the Fairways of Life show this Friday. 
It's likely that the world's greatest Lynx golf courses will be the reason you will want to plan a trip to Ireland. And with over 400 courses to choose from, you're sure to find whatever you seek. But Ireland is about even more than great golf. In this ancient land, the past works hand in hand with the present, from cultural sites to castle ruins. Stay in a country B&B or a luxury hotel and spa. Enjoy inspiring local culinary choices paint and music at a cosy pub but most of all enjoy the warmth and hospitality of the Irish people who will make you feel that you haven't travelled from home but have returned to it. Visit Ireland.com to get started. Come to where history meets luxury at the family friendly French Lick Springs Hotel where there is something for everyone from kids fest to shopping, bowling, golf and other outdoor activities or at the West Baden Springs Hotel you can wrap yourself in old world elegance Visit our luxurious spa, indulge in an afternoon tea, a historic tour, and multiple sophisticated dining options. Then, finish your day with a cozy carriage ride before turning in for sweet dreams. Only this isn't a dream. Visit FrenchLick.com to plan your vacation today. At FootJoy, they know the swing starts from the ground up, so you can take on those uphill, downhill, and sidehill lies. That's why FJ provides footwear that you need for superior traction and stability on every shot. Whether it's the all-new Pro SL, the hottest shoe on tour, or the max performance of the all-new Tour X, the all-around comfort and performance of FJ Fury, FJ offers a shoe for every player because finding the right shoe for your game matters. Shop now at FootJoy.com. Tour Edge continues their meteoric rise in 2020. Over 90 different tour pros have put Tour Edge into their bag, including staffers Scott McCarron, Tom Lehman, Tim Petrovic, and Duffy Waldorf. Tour Edge makes clubs for every player type, and they set themselves apart with their unprecedented 48-hour delivery on custom-fit orders and by offering a lifetime warranty and by building their clubs in the good old U.S. of A. Visit TourEdge.com to learn more about their new clubs for 2020. Tour Edge, pound for pound, nothing comes close. Boyne Golf provides the ultimate world-class golf destination with 10 championship-caliber courses spanning three resorts. Centered in Michigan's northern Lower Peninsula, the courses are the products of some of the game's masters, including Robert Trent Jones Sr., Arthur Hills, and Donald Ross. From the all-inclusive vacation packages, elite instruction with the Boyne Golf Academy, tournaments, and so much more, Boyne Golf truly offers an unrivaled Michigan golf vacation experience. Just log on to BoyneGolf.com and take in all the splendor that is a golf experience unlike any other. TheGolfTravelGroup.com is a luxury golf tour operator that specializes in custom travel itineraries to Scotland, Ireland, England, Wales, Iceland, New Zealand, Australia, South Africa, and more. Guaranteed advanced tee times, incredible accommodations, airport meet and greet services, private guided tours and private drivers, all in luxury vehicles, and they have a staff that's been doing it forever. TheGolfTravelGroup.com. Welcome back to the Fairways of Life show. Hope you guys are doing well on this Friday from wherever you're catching the program today, perhaps uh, across the United States, in Canada. Hello, Canada. Canada Day. Wishing everybody the best up there, too. And welcome to everyone else from wherever else you are from joining us on this Friday. We have play underway as we speak on the PGA Tour. Currently, we have five. Yep, count it, five. Tied for the lead and seven under par. Remember, this is a high-scoring game, 
such as it is at the Rocket Mortgage Classic, because this little Donald Ross golf course, classic though it may well be, is relatively short, so they're firing at the pins and they're going low, which I happen to like. I don't like it every single week, but I like that we've been on a stretch to start things again where they are, as I call them, high-scoring games. Brian Stewart, seven under par. He's three under through seven. Seamus Power, seven under par, two under through five. Kevin Kistner, level par through three, seven under overall. Doc Redman, seven under, tees off at 12.10. Scott Stallings, seven under, he'll tee off at 1.10 p.m. this afternoon. Both of those gents had 65s, Kevin, too, in the opening round. They had shared the lead. Brendan Todd has got it to five under par. He had a seven on his scorecard yesterday, but he fought his way back as he has been doing. He is now five under overall. Only two shots off the lead and continuing to do the things that he does. I did write to him last week and asked him, you know, how he was doing and how he was doing it and what he was thinking about. And he said, you know, he said the ball striking has been there. It was it was about getting the putts to fall. That was the difference for him. He'll need one to fall at the 13th hole, about four and a half feet for par that he converts. So he remains at five under. Remember, PGA Tour Live is live right now, and it's distributed by NBC Sports gold all right from there what of bryson dechambeau bryson dechambeau yesterday fired a six under par mark that's a 66 in the opening round he's on the tee at the par for 13th right now it measures 386 yards gently moves from left to right not so much a dog leg as a sloping that way with the, with the way the, the course is designed so just an iron off the tee for Bryson, and he plays this one left of some fairway bunkers out there, perfectly placed, just short and left. So Bryson will have a high lofted club coming into this par 4, 13th, to try to get it to 7 under par in tie for the lead. At 6 under par so far, Bryson DeChambeau is even par on the day's efforts. But after he finished up yesterday, and every time he speaks now, It's compelling because it's so darn interesting, sometimes head-scratching. But nonetheless, it is Bryson. There was obviously a lot of highs and a lot of lows. Um, Very frustrated about some of the decisions we made and some of the shots I executed. It just felt like I hit really good shots that just uh, didn't get rewarded today. Um, Driver got a little wayward, a couple holes. Uh, I need to go clean that up like always. And I'm always trying to find a little something to to make me hit it more consistently straight. But... uh, if I can keep it in it straight, hitting some greens and making the putts like I am, it's uh, going to be a fun week. After the the one under par on the front nine, was there some, like a moment that kind of sparked that that back nine run before the bogey eighteen? Not really. It just kind of happened. I mean, I'm again trying to be the casino and and give myself the best opportunity to win. I mean, having nine iron into those par fives, it's it's uh, it's definitely nice to be able to attack par five flags rather than you know kind of move away from them and. Um, there's a couple of holes where I can get it up close to the green and just chip it on there and, you know, make a putt. So uh, I just got to keep hitting my driver good and get comf- get even more comfortable with the driver. And if that happens, it's uh, going to be a fun week. We've talked with you a lot over these these first now four weeks, mm-hmm. and you've played a lot of great golf. But you've also seen you've been very critical of, of your game. Yeah. How how do you make that work in your to your advantage, and how close do you are, do you think you are to playing the golf that you want to play? Um. Playing the golf that I want to play, uh, if I was to give myself a grade, and I know people are going to say things about this and people are going to you know, 
chirp and chime in and what they think. Oh, he's playing unbelievable golf, right? I'd really say it's B, B game right now. It's not 100%, but it's not bad either. I'm still able to get it in. I'm able to score, uh, which is great. But I still have to refine some things. Like 18 today, I just wasn't comfortable with that shot for no reason. And I just kind of hit a white cut shot down the middle of the fairway, which is nice. I, my misses are in the fairway, but I won't be able to get after that one and get it all the way down there, have a nice little wedge in there. And consequently, it um, uh, you know just plays in my mind for a while, and I need to change that. How, how much confidence can you build off of the fact that you're playing this great of golf with your what you call B game? Well, I know it can spark at any time. Um, just like you know this back nine, just besides that final bogey that really got me a little agitated. Um, you know, it's going to put a little fire in my belly for tomorrow. You know, I feel like um, I'm in a good place. I mean, it's, it's fun to be able to play good golf and not having your A game. One last question from the pool. Do you think golf can be perfected? And if so, what does perfect golf look like to you? Uh, no, I don't. It, 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 well, from a human perspective, like it's probably impossible. From If you had a robot out here calculating getting all the variables, I think you could potentially get really close to perfection. But from a human perspective, there's no way to understand all the wind. I mean, the, the wind is, is the biggest variable, and the grass length is the biggest, second biggest variable that we just don't have control over and never will. It, my job is just to be more consistent. And if I can keep being more repeatable and have my dispersion be a little less as I'm hitting it farther, um, there's a lot of strokes to be gained there. Bryson DeChambeau, six under par. He is even through three holes so far today. Remember, he opened with that 66. Currently, one shot off the lead, and the lead is held by multiple players. What of Ricky Fowler? He will be teeing off at 1 p.m. this afternoon. He's kind of the unofficial host of this event because it's Rocket Mortgage, and he's a big ambassador for Rocket Mortgage, so, you know, because Ricky really hasn't been having a great restart, at least, and was kind of start and stop even before that, if you get right down to it, to be fair, uh, I'm curious what he has to say. First, FrenchLick.com, log on there when you get a chance, and you can see this very special resort that wants to welcome you to a place where you can kind of escape the real world, if you please, and relax a little bit. Two of their historic hotels, their new luxury suites, if you please, the casino that's on site, the two classic golf courses, one by Pete Dye, the other by Donald Ross, both of whom have hosted major championships. We're going to be hosting us coming up in October. We're going with a Fairways of Life listeners trip, and we're going to do the fancy dinners, and we're going to get everybody a set of forged irons from Ben Hogan Golf, the PTX Pro, if you want to check them out. Check out the details. Frenchlick.com is where you can go to their main Website for the resort, or if you want to know the details of our trip specifically, all you have to do is go on to fairwaysoflife.com slash French Lick. Touredge.com is where you can make sure that you have the equipment that's great for you and great for those that you want to have good, solid, proper equipment. And why wouldn't you? It's the full and massive line that Tour Edge offers. And they offer it at a price that's within reach of everyone and a lifetime warranty. Just log on to touredge.com to see. So Bryson having some trouble with what he just described in that sound bite there. It was only a wedge in hand for Bryson. I don't know what he had left, but I'm going to guess it was 110 yards. And 140, Dom just corrected me. He pulled it Which left is probably still of a left. pitching wedge for him. <laughs> I, well, it is. It's going to be – it's probably even less than a pitching wedge in fairness. But he pulled it left of left, and you cannot short side yourself on the left side. Not only is it deep rough, there's a very sharp banking – before the green, and that's the side that they tucked 
the pin on this uh, this day. So he's got some trouble coming up there to remain at even par in his efforts in six shots and one shot back. Now, as I mentioned, for Ricky Fowler, he is currently two shots off the pace. Uh, I doubt that he'll be in that position when play gets underway this afternoon. He's currently five under par. He finished round one tied for 11th. Ricky, again, is kind of the unofficial host of this event. Here's what he had to say to the media in the flash area. I'm happy with it. Uh, anytime you make seven birdies, it's uh, it's a good day. It allows you for some others, which there was one other that happened. It would have been nice to get through without that, but um, oh, I'm happy with it. Uh, I just need to clean up the driving a little bit. Iron play was great. Um, a couple that I missed one short-sided, but I got up and down on uh, 17, my eighth hole. Nice to see the, the ball rolling off the putter how I want it to. Been putting some work in there. Uh, other than that, we'll just tighten the tee ball up, and I'm, I'm happy with the start. You only had one slip up today on 18. How thick was that rough, and how, tr- how tricky was that shot? Uh, yeah, down there's that, that, that little uh, ditch that runs in front of 18 green, and um, a lot of spots really aren't too bad, but I think it one hopped into a, a thick area, and it went all the way to the bottom. So. It was basically sitting on dirt, but there was probably, I don't know, eight inches uh, of grass there. And I thought it was going to kind of just pop up when I hit it, and it kind of came out low and left, uh, which was not where I wanted it to go. Um, next time, we'll just hit it in the fairway. We won't have that problem. You, meant, you mentioned some swing changes to Lisa just a couple minutes ago. A couple of things maybe with your grip that you, that you changed recently? Um, I, was, I was working on some stuff, Colonial, Hilton Head. Unfortunately, I got some pretty bad blisters, um, and so yeah, last week at home, um, I mean Friday, Friday Hilton Head was not fun, trying to fight through that, and um, felt like I did okay, but not good enough. Um, uh, so last week at home, I wasn't able to play interlock, which is my normal grip, and so just kind of had to hit balls overlap and get the work on some fundamentals and not really worry too much about how I was hitting it and and stuff like that. Um, so once I got here, Tuesday was the first day I was actually able to start hitting balls somewhat interlock. It was still bothering me, but um, they're, they're, they're healing. So today was the first day that it felt, you know, at least good enough to go ahead and go. With your swing changes you've been making with John Tiller over these last you know, bunch of months, you had those couple of missed cuts coming back after the, after the break. Do those frustrate you? Do they discourage you? Do, you? do you feel like you can have a little patience? Uh, there's a lot of positives I could take from it. I mean, I know it kind of is weird saying that and miscut and taking positives, but um, and it's not like the cuts were, I mean, easy to make. I mean, four under, uh, I mean, I know we're not playing, you know, the hardest setup golf courses in a way. Um, and to me, I mean, it's some of the worst I've putted um, or maybe the most inconsistent. So um, to be where I was and, and know that, there were a handful of shots that were either mental mistakes or putts that missed and changes the course of the round. Um, yeah, it always it always sucks not being there on the weekend, but um, you got to take the positives from it, which we've we've done, and it's nice to get off to a good start here in Detroit and go rust up and ready for tomorrow afternoon. You talked about having those. The ball feel like it's rolling off the putter very well today. What were the what was the work that you put in uh, with the putting? Um, I mean, to simplify it, if anything, I was getting I was standing too close to the ball. Um, 
and the putter was going a little outside on the way back. And then with that, it was causing me to have to kind of back out or my head moving backwards through impact. Um, I was pulling a lot of putts. And then once you do that, you start getting two-way misses because you're trying to match it up. So standing a little further from the ball, um, ball position a little bit back, it was getting a touch forward. So just cleaned up some fundamentals to allow me to actually go ahead and stroke the ball and not try and manipulate it. Yep. Uh, we first first worked, uh, first saw him would have been last September. Um, I was only able to see him a couple times last fall just with travel and different tournaments, what he was doing. And I would say towards the end of last year and then really through the beginning of this year is where the most work has been done. Um, and at first it was um, pretty different because I was trying to just change some of my sequencing. I felt like my the way my body was working, you know, at the top of the swing, you want the legs to kind of drive everything, the torso, and then the arms follow. And with the club being, I was just getting too deep and behind me and having to kind of pull the club back out in front of me. So the hands were starting before anything. Um, so I was just out of sequence. So that's kind of been the biggest thing is kind of almost reprogramming and um, at the same time working on getting the club more out in front of me. Interesting stuff from Ricky Fowler. I was really impressed with how technical he became there in that conversation in terms of not surprised that he had that level of understanding about his golf swing and particularly his, his putting stroke, but very impressed that he was willing to share the details of the same with all of us. Just absolutely fascinating stuff. Okay, I can report there is but one atop the leaderboard now. Kevin Kistner has just birdied the fourth hole. He is eight under par and alone the top of the leaderboard on that mark. He's one in front of the following. Brian Stewart, who's three under through eight today. Seamus Power is two under through six today. Doc Redman and Scott Stallings, both of whom will tee off after lunch. We are not done yet. One Pretty decent round, one an okay round, two players, one freshly off a win, the other trying to sort through what happened. What happened? It was a brush with COVID-19 of sorts. We'll explain when the Fairways of Life show continues on this Friday. Please continue to visit Ireland.com. You guys know that I'm very proud to be an ambassador for Tourism Ireland, and it's because they have 400-plus golf courses in Ireland, and amongst them are the greatest Lynx golf courses any place in the world. Check it out for yourself at Ireland.com. More of the Fairways of Life show after these words. Wearing the right golf shoe matters. That's why FootJoy offers more styles of shoes for more types of players than anybody else. So you can get matched with the right golf shoe for your game on FootJoy.com with the FJ Shoe Finder. By answering a few short questions, you can find the shoe that fits your playing style and preference. Whether you walk or ride, prefer cleated or spikeless, ultra-stable or flexible. If you need a narrow or wide or extra-wide, FootJoy offers the most styles for the most players and can match you with a golf shoe that's right for you. Does your golf shoe match your game? Find out with the FJ Shoe Finder. Visit FootJoy.com slash shoe finder today. 
I'm Tiger Woods, and I chose Bridgestone. I wanted to be with a company that I knew, and then on top of that, that made superior products. So I did. I came back and I started playing with the Bridgestone Tour BXS, and it's allowed me to maintain the spin and the feel I like around the greens, especially my short irons, but also have that penetrating flight through the wind. The aerodynamics have been phenomenal. I know the quality that Bridgestone has, R&D that's available to them, and what they were able to create that helped me win golf tournaments. Nestled amongst the hills of the Hoosier National Forest resides a classic American destination, the French Lick Resort. Experience the ultimate in golf at the Pete Dye Course at French Lick, voted number one course in Indiana on Golf Week's Best You Can Play for 10 years in a row. The Donald Ross Course at French Lick has been named Indiana's number two course in Golf Week's Best You Can Play rankings every year since 2011. Come experience old world opulence amid modern comfort served with Midwestern charm. Visit FrenchLick.com. What's your bucket list destination? Where have you always wanted to go? What's the number one thing that holds people back from doing that? It's fear of logistics. I don't know where to stay. I don't know how to get tea times. I don't know where to go. I don't know who should take me there. Well, I'll tell you who knows the answer to all those questions. TheGolfTravelGroup.com. That's why the Fairways of Life show has aligned ourselves with these experts. And is there some place you want to go, like the Open or a President's Cup or a Ryder Cup? They can take care of that as well. What is your golf bucket list? Where do you want to go? Do it with thegolftravelgroup.com. At Ben Hogan Golf, we manufacture some of the finest golf equipment in the world in our small factory in Fort Worth, Texas. That's because we build each club by hand using the same process Mr. Hogan created when he started his company 65 years ago. We call it micromanufacturing, no mass production, and no shortcuts. Visit BenHoganGolf.com to learn more about our tour quality products and factory direct prices. It's time for you to discover Streamsong, a new kind of resort that takes the everyday ordinary to the absolutely extraordinary. Three internationally acclaimed link style courses by golf architecture's iconic foursome of Gil Hans, Tom Dove, Bill Kaur, and Ben Crenshaw that provide a golf experience distinguished as unlike any you've ever had before, with undulating fairways navigating through wild grasses and deep water ponds and lakes, towering sand dunes to find the unexpected experience of playing golf at Streamsong, the ultimate legendary golf destination set apart by the unexpected. Streamsongresort.com. Welcome back to the Fairways of Life show on this Friday. Just continuing to run through everything that took place in round one and also sharing with you what is happening so far in round two. Early, Kevin Kistner has it working. One under through four to reach eight under par and atop the leaderboard. Remember, 25 under won this event last year. Well, a man who has won very recently on the PGA Tour was Webb Simpson. Now, granted, he could he didn't play last week because they had... Call it a COVID-19 scare in his family. It was really about his daughter. It was about a possible exposure. Didn't want to take any chances. He's got five kids. So he erred on the side of caution. Everything is fine. A four under par start for Webb Simpson. He is tied for 25th at the end of round one. I'll give you his tea time after you hear from Webb addressing the media at the flash. It was good. A bit frustrating, I think. Uh, I scored about as poorly as I could have with where I was you know we had a great start and then I get to 16 and I, I thought I hit a good shot and we just the just ball went forever hit it over the green made bogey you know a little disappointed to, to not birdie 17 and then the front I played solid um, let a couple 
seven, eight footers get away from me, but uh, I thought I made that one there on nine to finish, but I didn't. I, I think all in all, a good start, you know, at a place I've never been to, and um, yeah, game feels good. Does it help, you know, as you said, get off to a good start when you haven't seen a place? You kind of, kind of rely on, you said you told us yesterday you're going to kind of uh, rely on me watching Nate Lashley play a little bit who got around here pretty well. Did you kind of do that today? Yeah, I mean, I felt like Paul and I took a little extra time in the practice rounds this week, um, just looking looking around, where are the missed spots. Um, and we followed through with our game plan today. We had, I felt like I, I fought my way around the golf course really well. Does that help? Like, like you had to get a week off last week to kind of re, recharge, even though you weren't, you weren't supposed to have the week off. Was it good, though, to kind of be able to you know, kind of think your way around the golf course a little bit instead of just maybe you know, scoring the way you maybe you thought you would? Yeah, because, I mean, at the end of the day, experience on courses helps. But, you know, when you break it all down, I'm trying to hit a tee shot into a fairway. And if I know where the fairway lines are, it's like any other, it's like playing my home course. And the greens may be a little trickier to know, like the breaks and the tendencies. Um, but definitely feel more comfortable now, you know, a full tournament round in and a practice round in. Did you get a lot, any work in last week when you were in, in Pinehurst or at home? I did, yeah. I got some done in Pinehurst. Um, just a little bit, you know, kind of went late in the day um, when everybody was gone. And um, felt good to kind of swing the club. And, you know, coming off of Hilton Head, feeling like everything – in the golf swing was simplified. I felt like there was not a whole lot to, to work on or improve upon. Um, so it was more of just kind of maintenance work. All right, Webb Simpson, uh, his maintenance work will take him to a 1 p.m. tee time this afternoon. He'll start the day at four under par, and that currently has him four shots shy of the lead. Now, what are the case of Cameron Champ? He'll be teeing off in six minutes from now. Fired a three under par to get started. Remember, there was all the fanfare, all the talk because he had the positive test. Then he took multiple tests following, and it was negative. He didn't have COVID-19. The PGA Tour, not solely because of him, but he was amongst the reasons why, came out with a new policy that said, whoa, 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 look, if you get a positive test, we're not going to go into a complete runaround scream panic and lock you in a room someplace for for two weeks and then see how you're doing after that. Instead, we're going to do some more tests. And if you come up with two clean 24-hour periods apart, then we know that the first test was probably a false positive. So Cameron Champ can compete, and he's back out there again. It's a, The whole thing's a little bit confusing to me. Here's Cameron Champ explaining. Yeah, uh, I found out at about 4.30 yesterday. Um, that they were obviously changing the policy and that they would give me a spot in the field. And um, obviously I scrambled to get here as fast as I could. And the easiest way was just to, you know, I left at uh, 6.30 this morning uh, from Houston, flew here, um, did my testing, um, you know, registered, came on site and got ready for the round. Since your, since your positive test last week, mm-hmm. kind of going through all the, the, obviously the subsequent negative tests that you've had, just your feelings kind of the process and how they kind of got to where they are now. Yeah, I think, you know, my team did an amazing job. Chris, my agent, um, you know, he was on top of it uh, nonstop, and the tour did a great job of uh, just working with us um, and kind of going through the process. As everyone knows, this is all new to us. It's uh, still, you know, there's a lot of stuff we don't know about it, uh, but I think we all ha- handled it good. A lot of, a lot of kind of emotion, you're kind of an emotional week for you, kind of just going through all this? Yeah, definitely. I'm pretty drained. I mean, as far as last week, um, you know, I was sitting in a hotel for four or five days and then getting home and then, like I said, trying to figure all this stuff out when I can come back to play and 
Uh, I'm still doing testing, and and then to find out, literally, I'm we had Fourth of July plans with the family, and then, um, at, like I said, 4:45 yesterday, I got the call to come play. So, so you so when you, you tested positive, you just sitting in a hotel for four or five days. How many tests did you take in that period there? Um, I took three uh, in a row. So the, the next three days, I took tests, and they're all negative. Um, so yeah, and just kind of so. I mean, you got to a little bit of a rocky start today, but just you kind of seem to you know, be able to battle back a little bit. Just talk about your round a little. Yeah, I mean, I played well. You know, I, I did not hit it well with the irons. Um, I really struggled today, but um, I was just able to score and kind of get it in the hole. And, um, you know, I made a, a few good putts, and then obviously my chipping on nine um, really wasn't <laughs> intended to do that with a fried egg, but um, it came out perfect and went in. Just one more last question. It's kind of – you're – in lesser terms, kind of the poster boy for how they kind of have continued to adapt mm-hmm. this policy. Do you think that as they can, they're continue to move in the right direction to be able to kind of look at how the tests are coming back, how the players are feeling that are testing positive, seeing a lot of asymptomatic uh, tests, and they're they're moving in the right direction to kind of continue to work with us? No, definitely. I think, like I said, all the players have come together, um, and and the tour. Like I said, we've we we want to play, and in order to do that, we have to have things set right and protocols a certain way and testing and um you know i i think we all agreed it's fair as far as you know i was asymptomatic i really didn't feel bad um and i obviously tested negative three times in a row so um you know with um like i said with the tour and and the players coming together um to achieve that that's awesome i think it's definitely a step in the right direction obviously things can get better i'm sure as we go on through the weeks there's going to be more stuff changed um but that's just to benefit us and the tour um, and just to be able to play. Cameron Champ just about getting underway with his round. He'll be starting the day at four under par. Currently, four shots off the pace. The lead is at eight under par, although it isn't Kevin Kistner anymore. He bogeyed the fifth to fall back to seven under. He is one shot back of Brian Stewart, who is four under through nine to atop the leaderboard on the score of eight under par. Those at seven under include Henrik Norander, who's two under through eight. Seamus Powers, two under through six. Kistner, as I just mentioned, even through five holes so far played today. And then two that will tee off after lunch day. Doc Redman and Scott Stallings both at seven under par. Be sure to catch me tomorrow on Morning Drive. Our Golf Channel programming starts with Morning Drive at 9 a.m., on Saturday and on Sunday. Our coverage of the PGA Tours Rocket Mortgage Classic on Golf Channel starts at 3 p.m. this afternoon over the weekend. It's split between us and CBS, 1 p.m. and 3 p.m. on CBS. Same on Sunday, 1 p.m. and 3 p.m. PGA Tour Live is on air right now. It's distributed by NBC Sports Gold tomorrow morning. It will come on air at 8 a.m., same time on Sunday, 8 a.m., and PGA Tour Radio will come on the air at noon time today. That can be heard for free on the PGA Tour app and at PGATour.com or on the paid satellite service throughout North America, Sirius XM. Saturday and Sunday, the airtime will be at 1 p.m., both of those two days. Great spending some time with you on this Friday. Hope you guys have a great Friday. Hope you guys have a great weekend on the Fairways of Life show. We'll be back with you for spared at 8 a.m. Eastern time on Monday morning. Until then, goodbye for now.